You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and culture. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, the Elizabeth Woodson. Elizabeth, how are you today? I'm fabulous. Excited to be here. Yes, you are fabulous, and I hope you are excited to be here. David Roark. David, how are you doing today, buddy? Quite dandy. Quite dandy. Quite dandy. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're here today, <laughs> too, David Roark. I am really excited about this ism. We're going to talk today about secular humanism, which shapes a ton of our American culture today. So tune in, listen up. Let's get right to it. All right, normally on an episode about an ism, I ask one of my co-hosts to give me a good definition to get us kicked off. Uh, Elizabeth and David have refused, refused to partake in defining Refuse secular humans. is a humans. strong word. Is it it's too strong? strong? Okay, well, they have nominated me to define it. So I will read to you a definition of secular humanism. It's, uh, it's humanism with regard in particular to the belief that humanity is capable of morality and self-fulfillment without belief in God. I'll say that one more time. Secular humanism is a humanism with regard in particular to the belief that humanity is capable of morality and self-fulfillment without belief in God. In more layman terms, secular humanism is a belief system or as a belief system we operate under that basically believes without God, humans are capable of making the right choice. Humans are make, are capable of doing the right thing. We don't need a deity in order to tell us what to do. We are fine without God as humans. That's secular humanism. David, Elizabeth, is secular... You know how I feel about this. This is a soapbox issue for Adam Griffin. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But where do you guys see secular humanism in our culture? Secular humanism, this idea, I think it's interesting to me, and this might be jumping ahead, but this idea that we can, it takes the God out of religion, but still goes through the same motion. So we care about the same moral ideas. Um, we want the same type of outcomes for our communities. We just think that we can do it and we don't need God. And this idea that belief in something that is supernatural, that cannot be confirmed by science or reason is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I see it, you see it in education, right? Like you, people going hard against faith-based education and the funding that they might receive, not wanting Jesus in the classroom at all. To me, it's, it's religion without God. Like it says they're against religion, but in some sense, they model all the things of religion without the deity. Because yeah, it, there are rituals and there are ethics, right. but there's no God to, that determines them we determine them ourselves, which exactly. is, in my opinion, just up front, super dangerous. But yeah, well, David, because, what do you because think? those ethics and those morals and those norms and all those things are constantly changing all the time <laughs> because they're not rooted in anything that is uh, unchanging. Unchanging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so that, I mean, that starts to get at what's dangerous about it, but that's, that's the problem. It, and I feel like secular humanism communicates a sense of neutrality. That's what they believe. Yep. You know, like you hear that. It's like, oh, this is the neutral way of seeing things. Like you may be a Christian, you may be Muslim, but like we, we need you to kind of lay that aside. You see this a lot in yep. politics because 
like we need to figure out a way to achieve this or to solve this problem that doesn't bring your own personal belief system into it as if it were possible to operate in life, to think about any single thing without imposing your worldview in the way that you see people, the way that you see God, the way that you policies, Mm -hmm. all these things start with an ideology. And so it's a, I know we're critiquing it and we're trying to just talk about where yeah. culture, but it's, it's an idea that like somehow you can, yeah, you can be neutral when really that, like, as you guys are already saying, it's a religion. Well, and, and it's, it's a religion of many religions because, you know, secular humanism can mean a lot of different things, but either way, it's certainly not neutral. Absolutely right. So two big things I think about this just right off the top, uh, secular humanism is pervasive in American culture. You, When we say they, we're not talking about a group who is signed up as secular humanists. We're talking about us. We're talking about they being all of our culture, because secular humanism is the world you swim in if you are an American. It's a world that says, if you want to operate in the world of public education, if you want to operate in the world of public politics, if you want to operate in the world of public commerce, you want to have a business, you want any of those things, then it has to come from a secular humanist viewpoint. You have to have a belief that there are ethics, right and wrong, but they are not connected to a deity because, and this is the insidious irony of secular humanism. And when I say insidious, I mean it is dangerous. It is not seen at first, but it spreads and it spreads everywhere. And that is this, hear me on this, that secular humanism in our culture is the unbiased opinion. And what I mean by that is that we operate in a culture that believes if you want to come from an unbiased place, if you want to have a conversation where we can all agree on the same page, then it has to be a secular humanist position. And the way that works itself out is this. You want to be a businessman, you want to be a politician, you want to just talk to a coworker, and you want to have a disagreement about something. You are not allowed to have a religious bias, but you are allowed to have a secular humanist platform on which to stand as if that is not a bias. That we operate Mm -hmm. out of an idea that secular humanist is not a bias, it's a removal of bias. And that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Secular humanism is a bias. So if you're in a courtroom and they tell you that you can't, you're not allowed to enter into evidence some opinion because it's based on your Christian beliefs, that should be illegal in America. We have a religious freedom that says, no, uh, Christianity is my bias. And while secular humanism may feel like an unbiased position because a lot of religions can all set aside their religions to be in a, in a secular uh, kind of platform area, talking. no, what you're asking us to do is all agree on something that we don't actually agree on. That is that God has nothing to do with our ethics or that our choices have nothing to do with our religion. So when it comes to a uh, secular radio station or a movie that is that is not of a particular religious bent or a store that's not of a particular religious bent, we all expect them, and whether you're a Christian or not, you expect them to be secular humanist, which means I expect them to have rules, and I do not expect them to have any religion in particular that backs up those rules, and we all operate like that's cool which in many ways it is, but what, when it becomes dangerous is when we treat that like it's unbiased and that you have to lay aside your religion in order to have a public opinion. David, Elizabeth, what's dangerous about a world that asks us to set aside our religion in order to have a voice in the public sphere? I think it, what is dangerous to me is the moving target. 
right? It's this idea of we as a community, as humans, accept what's moral, but then in 50 years that morality changes because we change and culture changes. So things that we think are horrific now, in 50 years, if we just left to ourselves, we won't think are horrific. Good. And so it's this idea that, that I am an authority unto myself and that I'm not depraved, I'm not sinful, and that I can actually do good things and don't need something outside of me to point me in the right direction. And to me, that just results in just chaos every time. Um, and I think we see it. We see it in our culture, but to me, it's also the idea is you're not exchanging stories, yeah. right? So it's that everybody believes in a story. Which story do you believe in? We say we believe in the Christian story. Secular humanism is just another story. And so that people believing that, man, this is level playing field, um, but it's not. And yeah. so people accepting views and beliefs, or this is better for me and my faith. It just is, this is just another story that is posing itself to be normative. And this should be the value for all of us. And it's just like, no, yeah, this is putting forth views that are contrary to what you believe as a Christian and is not a better option because it includes, includes everyone is actually setting you up to operate in society in ways that are that can be dehumanizing and go against the morality that weeks is set up by the Christian story. Good. I should say, based on what you just said, which I think is really helpful, if you're Jewish, you're Muslim, you're Sikh, you're Hindu, you're Buddhist, you're Christian, if we are all forced to only operate publicly under a secular humanist viewpoint, then what we're doing is abandoning the truth of who we are and why we make decisions and what we believe. Now, we may have different ethics based on different religions, and we may have to have a shared ethic that is the law in the government, but we do not have a secular humanist ethic. A secular humanist ethic says that no God can have any say in what is right or wrong. It can only be what humans have determined for themselves, and that's the only way we can have an unbiased opinion. In other words, right now in America, it is uh, polygamy is illegal. You, can, you cannot be married to more than one person. That is an ethic that I believe will probably change in the next 50 years because you see the secular humanist ethic, the ultimate ethic, is actually adult consent. So as long as adults consent then that is a greater ethic than any of the laws. So the laws will eventually change that uh, as long as they are consenting adults and we can figure out what to do as it concerns taxes and government allowances and things like that, these laws will change. Why? Because when you have a secular humanist viewpoint, your ethics can adjust based on your cultural values. What we believe as Christians is that I should be able to have a voice into that movement because of what I believe, and it should not be discounted just because I'm a Christian. I do not have to operate as a secular humanist when it comes to the laws. I do not have to operate as a secular humanist when it comes to education, and I don't have to operate as a secular humanist when it comes to business. In fact, one of the great things about the nation that we live in is that it should be an okay place for me to say, what do you believe about God, and how does that influence what you believe about ethics or morality or the choices you make? And instead, we live in a culture that is uh, quote-unquote free to express religion but in the public sphere, as long as that doesn't offend a secular, humanist, pervasive viewpoint when it comes to things like human sexuality, human liberties. And if you believe anything that's against that, then, it, then you are to be shamed by our culture, or you're to be called a bigot, or you're to be called a, you know, a prejudice, when in fact all we're doing is saying, no, I have, a, I have a different bias. It's not a secular humanist bias. I have a Christian bias, which means as Christ speaks, so I obey. Yeah, and to kind of re rewind a little bit, talking about that moving target, we saw that 
we saw the contradiction on full display and it kind of blow up with this recent NBA and China thing because the NBA has been sort of the most woke of the professional sports organizations in terms of being very progressive in the way that they, the, the types of issues that they've rallied around. However, when it came to a huge human rights issue in Hong Kong, um, they weren't speaking up and they literally slapped the wrist of Daryl Morey, who's the general manager of the Houston Rockets, because he publicly on Twitter critiqued uh, or he supported the Hong Kong protest. And they have there's a huge market in China with the NBA. So you start to see how the, the inconsistencies play out because there's no um, there's no consistent foundation for what is good what is the common good, what is truth. And so it, it, it doesn't, um, again, it doesn't like cement you in anything or, you know, that is that everybody can agree on. It's always moving depending on where culture is. And I think yeah. it's dangerous for Christians um, to ever think that they should or could operate in that way. Because I think that if you ever get to a place where you're le- trying to be neutral and you're making decisions um, politically, you're making decisions day to day to try to be neutral, to fit into that story. You're, li- you're really not operating as a Christian in that sense. I'm not saying yeah. you're not a Christian, but you're not allowing the, the Christian story to inform the way that you see this issue, the way that you talk about this issue. You're kind of yeah. giving up that piece of you as a Christian. So I think it's really dangerous there because you're starting to, to live an inconsistent sort of duality um, in your own life. Yeah. I think it's it's the lie that there you can be neutral. Yep. Like there That's is no exactly neutrality. Right. Every decision, whether you make one or don't make one, is a decision. Yep. And I think that's the thing with secular humanism is that you are making a decision for something and you need to realize that and realize what you're standing behind. It's yep. just not the easier, tolerant, so everyone else can get along and I don't ruffle feathers as a Christian. I'm making a clear decision against what I believe and for another set of beliefs. Amen. I love that. There is no neutral. And the, the dangerous sense of secular humanism is that a lot of us operate as if there is. That it's a secular humanist viewpoint is a neutral viewpoint that we can all operate under. No, it's not. It's not. It is a bias. It is a bias just like any other bias. And you can see it. Uh, this is a really common uh, discussion or justification is uh, when we're changing uh, cultural or social laws or social obligations, we talk about being on the right side of history. That's a secular humanist viewpoint that says we are constantly progressing, we will continue to progress, and we need to change these things because the progressive version of our future selves will appreciate better ethics now that have been worse in the past, and that we're tracking towards better, tracking towards progression, and that while ethics are changing, they're always getting better, which is actually not the reality we see in the scripture over and over again, that humans are always getting better and arriving at better ethics, but rather when we are not tied to our God, we are always wandering from him, trusting our own desires. I want to talk about that more in a second, but first let me talk about one of our sponsors. Okay, let's get back to secular humanism. Again, I'm fascinated by this topic. I just think it's so important for Christians. I think it's one of those things that we don't talk enough about. We don't call out how the public sphere is a secular humanist sphere. We haven't talked even about media. We haven't talked about movies and TV shows that are produced. None of this is neutral. None of us comes from an unbiased position. I'm not just talking about an opinion. I'm talking about a bias when it comes to who determines what is right and wrong? I mean, what ground do we have to stand on 
as a society if our ethics are based on how we feel, desire, or prefer right now? I mean, what 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 is there to protect anybody in the future? What is there to protect uh, somebody like me who's a Christian, who I believe it is ethically right for me to be able to express what I believe about God in public? Well, one day that may not be the case because our culture may decide ethically that's not okay. They may determine what my beliefs are, are bigoted and prejudiced and therefore have no place in the public sphere. Or what I hear often from politicians is things like, I, I may be a Christian or I may be a Muslim or I may be a Jew, but I will not let that influence my decision-making. And like, that is exactly what I'm talking about here. Do you believe decision-making can be decoupled from a belief system that is actually where our ethics, our morals, our choices of right and wrong come from? And to me, that's why this topic is super important. I do not believe that secular humanism in any way lines up with the gospel. Do you see, David, do you see any part of the gospel in secular humanism? No, I mean, not really, because it it puts way too much weight in the authority of man and reason and things like that as if we have that ability on our own. And yeah. that's sort of its starting point. And I think that that's a very flawed start starting point. Um, if I'm trying to reach, you know, and think about, is there anything to redeem from this type of thinking? I, I, I Maybe there's an openness to like uh, an open mindedness, like to empathize with somebody else's yeah, to position, to empathize with someone else's position, or to maybe be willing to admit that what you've believed for a really long time isn't actually the right thing to believe. Mm. Um, and even as Christians, we've all experienced that in terms of just different convictions. And when it comes around certain doctrines that maybe aren't the foundational doctrines of the faith, you know, we change over time. So I do, I do respect an open-mindedness, most of the time it's a perceived open-mindedness because right. it's not very open-minded when it comes down to it. But that's me trying to reach and find something that's maybe redeemable in this kind of this story and this way of thinking. But it's hard for the most part because it is, feels so counter to the Christian story, which I think is the very point. Yeah. Elizabeth, what scriptures come to mind for you when I say things like, hey, the, the culture is able to determine for themselves what is right and wrong based on what we perceive to be right and wrong. What scriptures pop out to you? Maybe the whole book of Romans. The whole <laughs> book of Romans. <laughs> I mean, this idea that, um, that we all have sinned and mm-hmm. fallen short of the glory of God, that there is a standard and that we all have fallen short of that standard. I think about Romans 1 when it talks about how God has given them over to a depraved mind. And so again, with secular humanism, it is this full confidence. And in some sense, they have replaced the supernatural divine being with humans as the divine being. Um, So there still is a God that we submit to. We ourselves are that God with secular humanism. And this idea that you should not trust what is in your own mind. Mm -hmm. You think about the heart is deceitful. Right, this idea that what is in us, and I think that sin has corrupted not just our behaviors and our actions, but our very mind, and this trust that we have in human reason, that just is not sufficient because we're just fallen and broken people, and we can see, and also people who, I think sometimes this idea that people don't have that wiring, so we see people yep. in our culture who just don't have an innate morality or ethics, um, and are committing horrific crimes because they're not wired to have Mm -hmm. like psychopaths, right? And so this idea that if we just leave it up to humanity and don't take take into consideration our brokenness, we are leading to a path of chaos because we've been messed up from the beginning ever since the fall. 
That's good. Now, I want to make sure that nobody's hearing me say what we need to do is legislate Christian theism as American law. I'm not necessarily advocating for that, although it would be great if <laughs> if we had some more laws that aligned with what we believe in Christianity. What I am trying to say is it's really easy to see Scripture that calls us to something that is ethically different than our culture. And I think it's as simple as going to the Ten Commandments. And you say, well, our God says thou shalt not commit adultery. Our culture says as long as everyone's consenting, whatever you want is okay. And so we would take those two things and go, okay, so there's one ethic that we have from a divine God that says, this is good for us. Do not only have one long-term monogamous relationship sexually with a spouse. And then we have a culture that says, no, we cannot say it's wrong if it's what feels good or if everybody wants it or if everybody's pursuing it. And if I were to say, well, I think adultery is wrong, then I would be called, well, that's your bias because you're a Christian. You can't bring that into the discussion. What we have to do is have a secular humanist viewpoint that says, no, you can't tell her what is right or wrong. And I would say, no, I can, because it's not me telling you. It's God. God would say this is right or wrong. But a secular humanist viewpoint says, no, each individual human or we as a society will determine ethics for ourselves, and therefore it eliminates me from the discussion because I believe there's something more powerful and unchanging about the laws that I get to follow. How does... How does Christian? We talked a little bit about this is this is not the story we follow. How does Christianity offer a better story than this, David? What does the the gospel say to the ethics, morality, and bias of human beings that's better than secular humanism? I think the the Christian story would put everybody at ease because if we're all honest with ourselves, we don't want all these things to be up to us, yeah, <laughs> in our own devices. And I feel like more people would be willing to admit that. I mean, I, there are probably a lot of people who aren't Christians who would admit that, you know. And as we didn't even talk about the fact that secular humanism is such a um, major movement, but most people aren't actually secular humanists. I think most people are sort of secularist who think maybe there's a God, and they're they're probably more in the middle, you know. But um, I think the Christian story, it puts it all, it puts us at ease to say like, hey, we don't have to figure this out. God, the designer of the world who knew exactly how everything should work and how everything should operate in the best way for us to live our lives and for humans to flourish, he's already figured this out. Yes. And you can breathe, you can, uh, <laughs> you can, you can surrender to that and not think that you have to figure it out on your own because we've seen where that's gotten us as, as humanity and hopefully we can learn from that. Um, so I think that like, it just, it lifts our eyes from ourselves to, to God. That's good. Anything else from you, Elizabeth? And I think if you look at the end for secular humanness, like there is no end, yeah. like life in outside of what we have on this world, that's it. And with the Christian story, we have so much more to look forward to than just a life here on earth. Um, and that to me, I think as I was thinking about secular humanism and its impact in this world, people are looking for hope. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for answers to the really hard questions. Yeah. And those answers are found in the Lord. To know that there's someone outside of you who's in control of all things, who is moving forward this world to something beautiful and glorious and all that's broken and nasty and gritty about this world won't always be that way. Yeah. Um, and there's a really there's a beauty in the Christian story that we just don't find in secular humanism. Because again, if all that is here is us, yep. then that's a really sad story. We mm-hmm. need something more glorious than humanity here on earth. Amen. Yeah, a couple final thoughts. I think um, one, of the, one of my biggest concerns when it comes to secular humanism is for Christians. And I'll say it like this. Christians constantly 
we operate like secular humanists. We op- this is the, like I said, this is the water we swim in, this is the air we breathe. We operate like secular humanists in our workplaces. I say it like this, when I talk to teachers, and I was a teacher for a little bit, when I talk to teachers and they're told like, you're not allowed to proselytize, you're not allowed to evangelize in a public school, I get that. But at the same time, we live in a country that says they're not allowed to tell you not to be a Christian. So it's okay for you as a teacher to say, since I'm a Christian, I believe this. That's okay. You're allowed to be a Christian. It is not allowed to say you have to have this other bias because your bias Mm -hmm. uh, interferes or offends our bias. So I don't want to operate as a secular humanist. When somebody tells me uh, that I'm going to be testifying in a court case, or if I'm going to be speaking on a radio program, or if I'm going to be interacting with people who do not follow Christ, I do not have to lay aside what I believe about God in order to interact with them in, in, on their, like, I don't have to say I will take on their bias in order to, in order to be able to engage in conversation. I saw this all the time, by the way, when I used to write movie reviews, because I would, there would be certain publications and I would, the feedback I would get is like, you are reading your Christian worldview into this movie. You're assessing its morals based. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, because I'm a Christian and everybody else who's this or that is doing the very same thing. Exactly right. But because it's a specific religion Mm -hmm. and because I'm a Christian, somehow that's different. Yeah, it's different because they because we operate like a secular humanist is the common ground. Yeah. And so what they want is like you can have morals as long as the secular humanist moral. And we do this without even thinking. Like I'm saying, this is the air we breathe. Mm -hmm. I've seen this in people going to school to be counselors. They're told you cannot counsel somebody from a Christian worldview because that would be a bias. You can only counsel them from a psych, psych, psychiatric worldview, a psychological worldview, some kind of secular worldview. And you say, well, well, that is a bias. That's a bias saying there is no deity that has told me what is right and wrong in the situation or has told me about myself. So it's we exchange biases as if secular humanist is unbiased. And I would uh, plead with you Christians to recognize that a secular humanist culture is a biased culture. You have permission to be a Christian wherever you are, to follow Christ in spite of what the ethics of our culture would say about what is right and wrong. And believe me when I say this, that God's opinion of what right and wrong is not only predated secular humanism, but it will outdate it. It will still be here because it is what is right, good, and true. Woodrow Wilson once said, it is better to fail at something that will ultimately succeed than ultimately succeed at something, or than succeed at something that will ultimately fail. And this is the truth of the gospel. Even if in this life you face opposition for doing what God says is right, you are following a truth that will ultimately succeed. That's what we're called to be. That's what I want for the Christian story. That's what I want for the Christians I lead is to recognize that Christianity, it may be a bias, but it is what is true. Secular humanism is also a bias, and it is based on falsehoods that are constantly changing. And it is true only in as far as it lines up with what God has said. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. Today's episode was recorded and mixed by Chris Darrett and produced by David Roark. If you like what you heard, please give us a great review where you listen to the podcast and please follow us on Instagram. Thank you. God bless. We'll see you next time.